0: Potters. Hi guys, welcome to the Dream Hustlers. The Dream Hustlers is a show about founders, innovators, entrepreneurs, and all those dreamers who've made this world a better place. We dive deeper into these brilliant minds and deconstruct what makes them tick. Welcome to the Dream Hustlers, uh, Raghav. In this third episode, guys, we speak to Raghav Verma, co-founder at Chaios. Raghav did his studies at IIT Delhi, worked at McKinsey, and then co-founded Chaios in 2012, with the aim of providing different experiences of tea to a country with more than a billion tea lovers. Today, Chaios is present all over the country with 90 plus shops, And I'm sure Raghav will correct me on those figures very shortly. Hi, well, hi Raghav, welcome to the show. It's a pleasure to have you on board.
1: Thank you so much Anmol. Thank you for having
0: me here. So Raghav, we'll start with the first question that I asked all my guests. Like, has the entrepreneurial bug always been there with you since you were young? Did it hit you when you were in college? Uh, was this mindset always there because of a family business that you may have had or an uncle's business that inspired you? What made you kind of get into entrepreneurship?
1: So, you know, honestly, I'm all, I have, I did not have the entrepreneurial bug even till college till I started working. when So I come from a family which uh, my father worked in the Indian railways. So like not even closely related to business by any by any such imagination. In fact, like you know, don't don't have uh, business people in the family at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and you know something that that I during college as well, I was I was not really I never really had that thought that you know I uh, that that entrepreneurship was something that I want to get into. Mm-hmm. However, I think having started working and you know so so i worked in opera solutions which is a it's a consulting firm got a chance to to be a part of uh, of of some uh, innovation competitions at opera so there was a there was a global innovation competition in which you had to come up with a new idea for for the organization and you know just just uh, going through that entire process of 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 creating something that really got me clued on to entrepreneurship and then I was like, you know, this is, this is a great time. This is a great time for anybody to get started. I was, I was two years into my working life. I would got a chance to travel to, uh, to the US, work with a lot of multinational clients on, on, on consulting assignments, the likes of FedEx and American Express. So, you know, it was, it was a great working experience. But yeah. somewhere I felt that that was a life I could always get back to. And this this was a great low risk time to be able to do something of my own, to be able to create something. And mm-hmm. that's practically when I started up. Uh, so Chios was not my first startup. My first startup mm-hmm. was in uh, was an edtech company called Prep Square, right. uh, which which me and three other friends founded, and we ran that for a year, and mm-hmm. and uh, didn't succeed there. Decided to call it quits, and then yeah, I joined Declan, who's my co-founder, uh, and, and and we started Chaos
0: and when you kind of did that first startup did you ever feel that I want to get back into a job or how why did you get back into entrepreneurship after that period of time and you're coming from a service family so I assume there must have been the sort of focus on getting back to a job
1: yeah completely so uh, after the first startup didn't end up working there was there was obviously the the next thought that you know now uh, from family especially that now let's now maybe you should get back to a corporate career. For me, it was uh, it was pretty clear that you know this is that opportunity where where I get possibly one more shot, and uh, and then maybe if that doesn't work out, maybe I'll, I'll I'll again pursue entrepreneurship at a slightly later stage in life, and uh, and uh, and I might do an MBA or I or, or I might end up getting back into a corporate career. So, uh-huh. so yeah, this
0: <laughs> and you, you didn't do any MBA. I assume, right? No, so it wasn't no. nice. And why tea? Like, you know, tea, India is a country of tea. I remember there were so many cafe coffee days, but there wasn't any single tea sort of outlet. And I used to wonder, why isn't there a great tea sort of an outlet? But then I saw yours after some time. But what made you sort of get into it? Was it this reason that there has to be a great tea outlet in India? Uh, something which serves uh, exceptional experiences?
1: Yeah, completely. So, uh, it it is just such a big opportunity that, you know, uh, being a chai drinking country, we have, we have so many great options for having coffee outside of home. When we started out, there were about 2,000 coffee cafes put together. Mm-hmm. And there was, no, there was no option for having chai except for your local tuckery, or, you know, the tea bags that you got in, in, in any restaurant or in any hotel or, or, or the office machine chai that you got. So right. when you're in your home, you have an option to make a great chai for yourself the way that you like it. Right. But the minute you step outside your house, you just cannot get a good chai. And mm-hmm. what, what was really like one of those big insights for us was that you know every chai drinker has a very particular preference for how they like their chai. Mm-hmm. People in India are extremely finicky about their chai right so someone likes to have it with more milk someone likes it with less milk someone wants it cut someone wants it with elaichi, someone wants soft garlic you know with sugar without sugar there's just, there's right. so many ways in which people like to customize their chai and right. they are so passionate about that one kind of chai because they have it every day multiple times in the in the day right, right. so so that was something that that we realized that you know to be able to give a great outside of home experience, there wouldn't be that one right chai that would work. We would have to customize that chai to make it to make it suitable for every individual. Whenever they step outside their house, uh, they would be comfortable having that cup of chai.
0: Wow, that's interesting. But tell me about the pricing because you know, if people are having it at home, and you know, when they see a chai outlet and a 70 rupees chai, how did you kind of navigate that sort of a challenge of pricing?
1: So honestly, Armal, when we started out, all our friends and, you know, people we spoke to said, nobody's going to pay that, that kind of money for a cup of chai. And this is a concept that is never going to work because, because chai and all these chai offices is free. Yeah. And and our first outlet was in, uh, was in DLF Cyber City in Gurgaon, right. which is, uh, which is, uh, uh, this is an office complex. So, right. so most people who, who we spoke to said that, look, this is this is like a losing proposition from day one, because uh, you have you get chai free in office, why would anybody spend money for it? Right? So, so for us, it, that was like the first proof of concept for us that will chai in an out of home format, which is customized for you, would a customer be willing to, to consume it? Would a, would a customer then come back for it? Or, or would it be a one time novelty factor only? So interestingly, the first cafe that we opened, there was a, there was a coffee cafe in that same building complex. They used to do about, about 20,000 rupees a day kind of revenue. And when we opened up, they went down to about five 6000 a day revenue, we went up to 30,000 a day revenue. Right? Right. So, uh, and, and, and we had those same set of customers coming back to us three to four times a day uh, because right. that was the frequency of consuming chai. So we clearly understood then that, that, you know, there's a, there was really a requirement for this, for, for this kind of a concept where you could get a really good chai made to your liking outside of your home. And yeah, we just built on it from there.
0: Right. Very interesting. You say that, and you know, when you're building this up, there was, you know, you have so many staff members that you have to kind of think about. So what, how did you kind of go about choosing a team for your brand? And what did you kind of look at specifically in them when you were choosing your team members?
1: We hired a bunch of folks. Many of them came for some trainings, and didn't show up. So, you know, it was it was about selling that uh, selling that concept to them as well, because because they were the initial folks who were who were coming in and they were taking the punt. Uh, we we ended up hiring uh, a bunch of people. You know, so so some of them are 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 actually with us even till today. Our, our commissary head chef he he joined us on day one and 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 he still leads our our, our North region commissary so okay. so it was it, it was a bunch of people who we we basically wanted to take people who uh, who were kind of willing to put in that uh, that good amount of hard work and people who were extremely customer centric so mm-hmm. so we
0: right very interesting in in fact you know I remember I saw an ad of yours saying that you're looking for entrepreneurs in residence and I was like are they actually looking for that entrepreneurial mentality in their organization? Is that what you're looking for in your employees right now?
1: Completely, completely. having having people who 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 are willing to take ownership of of, of whatever responsibilities we are giving people, because that's the kind of organization that we are. We, mm-hmm. we, we don't have a very big team. We have a right. small team and 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 we, and we say that you know whenever you you find something, uh, that that you find interesting, you want to pick up something new, you want to take additional responsibility, you just raise your hand.
0: Right, very interesting and you know that kind of brings me to the store so what kind of made you get into the store, how critical was the store design for you, did you kind of change it 2-3 times, like a lot of entrepreneurs do change their store designs and did you kind of uh, invest a lot in your store and has it paid off?
1: So the first few stores that we did, we we ended up working with with a lot of with a lot of freelancers, obviously, you know, we didn't have our own team back then. We, we used a lot of our own best sensibilities. The basic question that that we were asking then was, you know, what would what would people like us like to see in a cafe? When you when you when you go to a chai place, what kind of what kind of an ambience would you like to see? What kind of graphics would you like to see? Uh And uh, yeah, so most of it was work that was very frugally done. Uh, Uh We worked with we we worked with a bunch of uh, of of designers from nid you uh-huh. know and, and 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 these were students so so you know kind of working with them guiding them on 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 what we were looking to create working with working with you know individual individual architects who were who were, who were working with us at that time so uh, i i think that entire store design journey has also been an evolution now that we look back at the first few stores we also we also it's an it's an evolution and and you know the product that we are serving—it's—it's—it's it's, it's such a high repeat frequency kind of occasion that uh-huh. uh, you know over a period of time we wanted that every store should have its unique identity. Right, right,
0: right.
1: And that's something that we we've, we've tried to maintain over over a period of time. For example, uh-huh. an an airport store would uh, would end up having a travel and chai theme. mean uh, uh-huh. maybe cannot place kind of a store would would end up being very high on color. So that's like a high on chai theme. So we, we, we tried to bring in, we tried to bring in that, that uniqueness of, of, of every store design over a period of time. But yeah, it, it, it took some time for us to get there and, and you know, the initial, the initial stores were a struggle. We, uh-huh. we, tried to, we tried to make them happen in the most frugal way that we could. In our first store, the, the contractor who was supposed to do the store, uh, he ended up running away at the last minute. So so we had Saurabh, who is now our VP of operations. He, he's the one who came in and became the contractor for that entire project. So, uh, so yeah, you have to, you have to put and that you know,
0: awesome. That brings me to that question that you, know, you put in a lot of effort and then you kind of go through these tumultuous times, you go through challenges. Was there ever a time you were like, I want to kind of give it all up. I want to do something else. And whenever those thoughts came, how did you manage them?
1: So I think... Uh, Having, I'll, I'll, I'll actually go back to my to my PrepSquare experience. So so with PrepSquare, we ran that for a year. We had got the product out to market. We had, we had started to see some sort of traction there. We realized about about eight to nine months after you know having having been involved in the startup that that there wasn't a very a very strong future that we saw for for it. But uh-huh. even then even then it took us about about three to four months to actually uh, to actually come to the conclusion that yeah this is not something that we want to continue with mm-hmm. so as an entrepreneur you' you're you're faced you are with these two very very strong opposing forces uh-huh. on, on one side you need to convince the world where everybody's telling you that you are wrong and and that this is never going to work so you need to convince the world that uh, that what I'm thinking of that actually has potential right. and then the opposing force is that when it's not working, how do you convince yourself again that, you know, this is the right time to call? Yeah, I think, I think, you know, three, four months of, of like uh, feeling that you're going about the motions every day and, and, and you're feeling that, you know, why are we doing this when we are not 100% convinced on the overall potential of of, of what we're trying to create. Uh, that kind of led us to, to say that, look, let's, uh, let's all get in and do something else. There's no point in just uh, in just pushing something that we don't 100% believe in. Uh, but but here, of course, there have been a lot of challenges along the way there are there have been times where you know, everything is broken and, 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 and you're just scrambling to survive. And, right. and that happens more frequently than, <laughs> than you can think right. for any entrepreneur knows that because right. you're always in that survival mode. But there's, there's never been that thought here because of, of, of the kind of confidence and, and, and the kind of faith we have in the, the bigger picture that we're trying to create. So when you zoom out yeah. and look at it, everything else is just a minor roadblock, right? Which you need to get right. past.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: So I guess I guess that belief in the larger vision, that that belief in what you're trying to create, and you know, that you're able to that, that you want to give a lot more time to it, that yeah. is something which is critical.
0: Right. So do you look up to someone, some leader, some business mentor uh, who kind of gives you advice on how to go about it? Do you discuss it with your colleagues, or is it a mix of everything?
1: yeah so that was one of uh, the, that was one of at least my big learnings from my first startup in in Square, we we pretty much behaved like we were uh, we were you know scaling up the organization in a, in a stealth mode because we felt that if we went to anybody and, and not spoke to them anybody in the industry uh, uh-huh. they might just steal our idea and you know end up implementing it <laughs> so <laughs> so we acted we acted like we were in stealth mode back then but right. But you know that was actually one of the big learnings that once once we went out there and started talking to people, and we realized that that when you're an entrepreneur, people are so much happier to to give you advice, to talk to you, to help you out, more more than like anybody who's who's say doing a corporate job, and 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 you would you you would never find a reason to go up to anybody and, and not be able to speak to them. So. Mm. So in the first couple of years of Chayos, we, we spoke, you know, across the board, uh, anybody in the food industry from cafe managers and area managers of, of outlets going, going right up till CMOs and CEOs of, of, of you know, bigger brands, mm-hmm. just trying to understand from them that, that how does this business run? What are the nuances of this business? Mm-hmm. Because both of us didn't have any kind of food background. Uh, right. We are we are both engineers. We had worked in consulting. I'd i worked in an edtech startup. Uh, my co-founder had worked in a robotics startup. So so it was uh, so it was for us. It was a huge learning curve which we had to bridge immediately. Mm-hmm. So I guess along the way there have been there have been so many people uh, who have who have taught us uh, marketing to fundraising to to brand to how do you run operations to how do you do business development. You know there have. There have been so many people along the way, and, and 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 we're extremely thankful to them because you know this. Had we not received that right advice at the right point in time, formally we have a we have an advisor who uh, who is Ajay Call. He used to be uh, used to be the ex CEO of Jubilant Foodworks, and he he mentors us and advises us, and uh, of course you know, that has been very very helpful and uh, the kind of experience he he brings in with. With you know, creating culture in an organization and mm-hmm. and and even scaling up an organization. So these are these are two very big aspects. Very very helped us mm-hmm. out. Right. And and also of course you know as an entrepreneur at a at a personal level. But yeah, I think I think a lot of support from the entrepreneur community as a whole. The startup circle is 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 very small and it's very strong and people are always willing to help, which right. is which is a great thing I think.
0: Right, interesting. So today you are hundred plus stores, if I know right. If I know my figures right, uh,
1: are you? We are, we are. currently at. We are currently at eighty-five stores. Eighty-five. All over okay. the country. If 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 this entire COVID and lockdown hadn't happened, we would have crossed hundred by now.
0: <laughs> right, and you got funding of about twenty-five point twenty-one point five million dollars very recently so what is it that you're looking for now are you looking to open more cafes or are there experiences like providing you know tea in offices without having cafes there what is what is the future that you're looking at
1: yeah see for us the there is a model that is working very well for us which is the cafe model which which helps us to serve serve chai to customers in in like a variety of formats so Mm -hmm. uh you know, we, we are present in malls, we are present in business parks, we are present in high streets, hospitals, educational institutes, highways. So, so this this helps us to, to scale to a great level. So mm-hmm. uh, on, on on the cafe expansion front, we're looking to get into new geographies, we're looking mm-hmm. to we're looking to increase our density within the cities with where we are present. Uh, mm-hmm. We launched Bangalore last year and and, and you know Bangalore has got a great response for us. Uh, mm-hmm. Apart from that, We've also realized that that there's a there's a great demand for uh for good Melliwali chai in 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 homes in offices because we started delivery about about four five years back and with a very strong focus on uh, being able to deliver to offices within the business parks where we are present because we used to actually get get you know group orders for for you know say ten chais or twenty chais right so we launched delivery with with that in mind but but today about 60% of our orders are coming in from homes uh, uh, and uh, people are just people are just uh, are just ordering in uh, their favorite chai and their favorite nashta along with it and, uh-huh. uh, and and you're preferring to get that same chai delivered to them so it 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 speaks volumes about the product and it speaks volumes about about you know the convenience culture that we that the whole society is is moving towards uh-huh. and uh, for us it is it is now how do we cater to those different occasions where a customer is consuming chai right. save my customer on an average one adult indian consumes two cups of chai every day that's right. 60 times in the month that i can touch that customer right today for us that average repeat rate for our repeat customers is about four times in a month right so right. So, so there are 56 more occasions which i have which which which, which i can actually cater to that customer Possibly, few of those will come from cafes. Few of those will come from delivery, and then there will be other formats which will which will those, those sixty cups of chai every month to our customers. And uh, and and that's been pretty much the the objective for us. That that how do we how do we get into to cater to more of those chai occasions? Because you know, chai is one of those very few products that a customer consumes every day, multiple times a day. Right. So when you are sitting on such a big category opportunity. Uh How do you then innovate and how do you then cater to those different, uh, different childhood locations of every customer?
0: Very interesting. So, you know, that brings me to another question, like you are in India, but are you thinking of scaling up abroad? Is there a demand from, you know, people outside India? Uh, Are you thinking on those lines right now?
1: So we have been thinking that, you know, eventually there, uh, there is a lot of scope. There is, there's definitely uh, a lot of potential to be able to create something centered around chai and, and Indian snacks, which, which can be a global QSR and, and which can be a global cafe. Uh, having said that, right now, I think we have our hands full. We, we, we barely even covered the kind of potential that we have in India. So mm-hmm. it's, it's definitely something that we will do in the future. But mm-hmm. as of now, the focus is going to be on the country itself. What about packed
0: tea? Like I've seen that there, are, there is packed tea now in uh, your stores. So are you looking to kind of expand uh, that range? Uh, how does that uh, pan out?
1: We have been working on uh, a product for about the last three years, which, which we call as our instant chai. Right. Uh, and uh, that's something that, that's a very innovative product. You just mix it in hot water and you get a, uh, you get a piping hot boiling chai and which has all the flavors inside it so so if you pick up an adrake laichi flavored instant chai then 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 you will get the you'll get the perfect flavors of adrak and laichi and and this has been modeled completely around what we have in our cafes you know that's that's taken as the as the benchmark for our chai taste so we've uh, we've been working with a lot of airlines on this we've been working with 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 hotels co-working spaces hospitals so these are all those occasions where a customer cannot cannot really get that chai of their choice. You know. when you're 36,000 feet in the air, you don't, uh, you don't really have that option of getting your right chai. So, so what's that chai that you can serve in that kind of an occasion? So instant chai has been doing well for us. We're also, we also do a lot of flavored tea leaves, which we, which we sell from our cafes and we sell yeah. on e-commerce. We got a good response for that. Uh, I think I think we'll we'll continue to innovate on those lines, and it will it will not be the it, it's it's not the main focus for us. The main focus continues to remain cafes. But again, you know that same customer who's a Chayos who's a chaios loyalist who still maybe has those has that everyday morning cup of tea, uh, they still want to have that right chai and that and that right masala chai with the same with the same mix of spices. So mm-hmm. we so so that's the intent for us to be able to serve that same repeat customer of Chayos
0: right and how core is digital to all your efforts now i know you've been investing a lot in tech but how core is uh digital in all that you do right now
1: well, so technology has been has been the backbone of child's and you know every single department uh, that we run internally everything uh, everything runs on our on our own in-house technology platform uh, which is called kettle and mm-hmm. uh, it's it's you know just just having that as the central mindset, from you know uh, digitizing everything along the supply chain and and and, and having completely interconnected interconnected links to uh, to the final customer who's actually consuming that particular product, we've we've done a lot of that. We've also uh, we've also completely in-house built chaimong is an iot enabled chai robot which 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 completely automates the process of making chai. So now every chai which is made, irrespective of whether, whether you're in Bangalore or whether you're in Bombay or in Delhi, you will get that exact same taste of the, of the chai. So uh, so for us, that, that, that tech journey has been, has been around, you know, the consistent, consistent taste we can give to the customer, how do we make that chai faster, to, you know, being able to understand our customers better, to being able to have a very tight control in our supply chain, and 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 you know financially be able to be able to make our model more profitable through through lesser wastage, through lesser variance, uh, things like that. And the latest the, the latest technology uh, that we've come out with is is a dine-in app. It's a it's a contactless dine-in app which we've launched uh, just you know post lockdown opening. And uh, this is this basically you know you can you can place your order from your house. Uh, mm-hmm. When you leave for a cup of chai, or you can you can place it from your office, and, and, and it will tell you how much time is it going to take you for your chai to get ready. So mm-hmm. so you can just walk in the minute your chai is ready and just pick it up and take it away. Or or you know you don't even need to go up and walk up to the ordering counter. You can just place the order from your table. So this this is another uh, another bit of innovation that we've done. Such a such a model didn't really exist in India. I you know, a couple of uh, couple of US and China based companies have uh, have been able to do it. But right. but you know nobody had really rolled this out in India as of now, so right. uh, so know that's that's just to to increase the ease of customer interaction. Not everybody wants to stand in the queue, not everybody wants to wait in line and right. and and sometimes you're just on the way to the cafe and you want to place your order while you're in the car so, right. so it just makes it super seamless and super easy to to make it happen
0: right now that brings me to the product you know people talk about chai, but a lot goes into kind of going about the tea garden, selecting the right tea leaves. Who does that and how did you go about it? And do you still do it?
1: Yeah, so that's a very, very core part of the entire uh, picture. I mean, you, you have to get that product right, bang on each and every time. And uh, there are, you know, of course, the tea leaves, which is, which is the different tea leaves which are selected and which are finally blended to, to give that perfect blend of desi chai. But there's also a lot of other agricultural products. So there's mm-hmm. there's other vegetables. See, there's a lychee, uh, cinnamon. So uh, so when we started out, we went out and we and we tried to find those best best possible quality sources, and mm-hmm. and and you know impose those right right set of guidelines, directions for us to be able to ensure that the quality is maintained. So there's an entire team that takes care of the sourcing of that of of those tea leaves. There's an entire team that takes care of the quality, you know. So so extensive vendor visits, extensive calibration and testing that happens. Uh, Many lots are rejected on the way to the to to the cafe. So so that's that's something which we maintained as our core, you know, because you have to get that product right every time. And and you know, Chai Monk is the next step of of that entire process. That how do you how do you make sure that there's there's very little human intervention at all in the in the final child that's being created?
0: Right, right. You know, another question that comes to my mind is uh, there are there is sourcing done from India about tea, but what about sourcing, say, green tea from China, or say, you know, Japanese tea, or something from Africa, or you know, some other climate? Have you ever thought about those things? And what are your what are your future sort of uh, thoughts on those?
1: Yeah, I think uh, we we've, we've been more focused on you know. More, more flavored chives, because I think, and the the Indian palate understands more of of uh, chais that are that are higher on flavor and you know more more of more of say you know subtle notes and all aren't 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 really appreciated by the Indian palate. I think there's there's definitely a a niche market that exists for this, and it is it is something that we over a period of time want to introduce for sure. For example, when we started out Chaios, we had, uh, we had a Darjeeling first flush and a Dajling second flush on the menu. Mm-hmm. Uh, we realized that we didn't, we didn't have uh, a lot of takers for it at that point in time. But, but now we're looking to again launch those kind of products because, because we know that now we have a good distribution. And, and, and it's something that, that we would also love to get back into. And, and, and we would love to, to introduce more of our customers to those premium quality mm-hmm. Chaios. Mm-hmm. And and yeah, over a period of time would, would want to bring in these, uh, these kind of interesting chai because when a customer associates uh, tea and chai with chai, they would, they would want to be exposed to more and more experiences. Mm-hmm. So we'll definitely look to get, uh, get more, kind of, uh, more kind of such products
0: in. Now that COVID is sort of ebbing out, what is your post-COVID strategy or is there a post-COVID strategy that you've worked on?
1: See, I think it's it's just about adapt. We've we've been doing a lot of work on educating the customer about about what we're doing for their safety. We're doing a lot of work on on keeping our team safe, ensuring that uh, ensuring that they stay safe and healthy. And at the same time, we've also tried to adapt our business to uh, to kind of suit the latest circumstances that are happening. Uh, for example, we've we've launched we we've, we've gone pretty big on the products that we have, like on e-commerce. You know, e-commerce right. as a business itself is, is is growing very rapidly for us today right, right. Uh, so so that's something which is which was kind of a kind of a demand that was uh, that was there and we uh, and we were able to iterate quickly and you know come out with those products and launch them uh, hmm. secondly we've, we've we've also been able to launch a few products in our cafes which are along the lines of immunity. so we hmm. know that everybody's talking about you know uh, being able to increase your immunity there is nothing better than say so, nice. so I, I think it's, it's about just being, being extremely, extremely frugal right now, being extremely mm-hmm. agile and quick to adapt mm-hmm. and, and I guess every single, every single business owner, be it a, be it a small business or a large organization, everybody's just looking to, to somehow survive, get through it, you know, get back into the new normal and, and you know, get back to growing again. <laughs> so, right, right, so that's right. pretty much what, what, uh, what the journey has been like for us as well.
0: Toh, what is that piece of advice that you would like to share with that passionate lot people who are looking to kind of start their own businesses
1: i think i'll the biggest point that uh, that i tell people is that uh, you when you get into starting a business you are looking at doing it for a for a longer term it is not a short term commitment it is at least a 8 to 10 year commitment and possibly it it takes it might even take 15 to 20 years to build that business so be extremely committed to something that you are getting into because once once the newness and the fanciness uh, fades away after the first year or the second year then then reality actually hits and uh, you're you're then you know struggling to to raise funds you're you're, you're going through multiple failures you're, you know, something is not working in the business you need to get that fixed so so yeah when when that happens being able to being able to have that high degree of, of of commitment towards towards something that you set out to build, mm-hmm. and and just you know hanging in there. That's pretty much the biggest set of advice that I can give.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: uh, you know the entrepreneurial journey is an amazing journey. I don't think that anybody who has ever been an entrepreneur can even go back to a corporate job after that. Mm-hmm. So as a as an individual, as an entrepreneur, as a businessman, as a, as you know on 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 so many multiple axes and multiple fronts, you are able to grow yourself you are able to experience things that that would possibly have taken you 15 to 20 years in a you uh, know in a, in a long corporate career you will have those experiences within within the first two years itself so mm-hmm. it's it's definitely something that that uh, people should take the plunge for but just keep in mind that, that that there are going to be a lot of highs and lows it is going to be an, so you just have to hang in there and like be committed for the long term
0: right and the last question is for these highs and lows you sort of get into some sort of a meditation how do you kind of manage it internally mentally
1: yeah i mean meditation is something that that i've taken up very recently but yeah for me it has been it it has been a lot of uh, fitness activities and sports that's Mm -hmm. how i end up keeping myself that's how i end up letting off the steam i was i was i was practicing martial arts for some for some point in time, so nice. so, I was, so I was training in mixed martial arts for, uh, and yeah, music is another one of my hobbies. So I think uh, it's it's important to be able to detach yourself, also take hmm. uh, take the occasional Sunday off completely. Don't think about work at all. Be able uh-huh. to be able to do other things in life as well. So you're uh-huh. not just completely you know uh, centered around what you're doing at work.
0: Right. Right. Right, Raghav, I think that's the end of the show. That was really inspiring. Thank you for coming to our show and sharing your insights. Guys, do grab your cup of tea experience at Chaios and do share your feedback with us at our Insta page. Raghav, once again, thank you very much for your thoughts. Thank you so much, Anwar. This was a lot
1: of fun.
0: This podcast has been produced by Podsters, content editor Paneet Kaur, podcast production manager Prakshal Jain, Sound recording, advanced telemedia.